All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. It is always uh, no, sorry. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast, and today with me is longtime listener and supporter LJ Ocker. Welcome back to the show, LJ. This is LJ's second time filling in for Jake Peters. Um, Jake has a birthday going on, and he's out. He's out of the area. He's uh, living the good life, the high life, and uh, happy to have you here, LJ. And uh, this is episode 238 of the show, and we're a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube.com. YouTube.com slash PSS is awesome. You can visit us on Twitter at PSS is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81, and you can make fun of LJ at blip underscore McDougal. And if you do want to find Jake Peters, he is Jake Saw. Zero one, and uh, Jake is the regular host, co-host of the show. LJ, this is your second appearance, and I'm so excited. And if the listeners want to write into our show, you can write us at ps. This is awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast as well, so you can stare at our ugly mugs. While we talk about video games we prefer over on our YouTube channel, but for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month at a $1 level called the One and Only $1 Club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron of our show. We will mail you a free die-cut vinyl sticker, and we'll give you a shout-out as well. Um, with that out of the way, LJ, how are we doing today? You doing good? Doing real well. Excited, honored to be back. I'm excited to talk about a lot of news related to PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. We're happy to have you. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I, uh, You know, it's funny that I, I, I've been fucking busy, man. So I've been playing a lot of shows, a lot of concerts, and uh, I had – I played this really cool thing called the uh, the Tall Ships Festival in Erie. I don't know uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, that is, and the Tall Ships is – a thing that doesn't just occur in Erie, Pennsylvania. So these ships, I believe, they just roll around. And uh, I think they're – I don't know where the next stop, stop was. But they were in Lake Erie. And uh, they're like huge ships that you would see, like old pirate ships, like Pirates of the Caribbean ships. They're huge. And uh, they're really, really cool. Erie's known for the first Niagara, which was involved in the War of 1812. And that ship floats around and it's just like it's cool to see pictures, but to actually see these things in real life, it's just like I was kind of gobstopped, like looking at them. You know what I mean? Like it was like, wow, these things are mm-hmm. enormous. And then I, um, because I got in free because I was playing. This was Sunday. Um, we'll get to the debacle that happened, but so Sunday uh, I play and uh, I have like the cool little lanyard, and I and I got to go on all these different ships. They weren't, you weren't getting free rides, but you could go on them, right? They were, they were, they were at the port, they were docked and, uh, you could uh, go on in some of the boats with rock and stuff. And you had to find your sea legs because, you know, I, a couple of people were like, Whoa, grabbing onto shit and stuff. Cause they're so big and they're so old, you know, they're not really, I don't know, they're just, you know, they're on the water, of course. But, but when you have a, a ship that large and you look up and you see these, uh, these masts that are just so high up there, and uh, you're like, wow, this is insane. Like it, it really gives you a different perspective of these things. And the one thing that I thought that was really weird was Homeland Security was there. The FBI were there. There were like um, Border Patrol was there. Customs were there. And I'm like, why? State police were there. Uh, local government uh, officers were there. Uh, we had local police. We had security. Like it was it was on lockdown 
down. Hmm. And I'm like, what? I started asking, I'm like, why is why are so many people here? And they were like, well, last year we didn't have any international ships, but there are ships here from Spain. So obviously, you know, they have to treat these ships like there's foreign foreign ships in your in your waters. You know what I mean? So it's a big deal, even though it's tourist attraction. So every like I don't know every every five ten minutes you'd see like a U.S. Coast Guard boat just like cruising by, and you're like wow this is real deal. So I got on the ship from Spain, and uh, I forget what it was called even now. I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was uh, it was really cool. Got to go down inside it while it was docked. Uh, you could get up on the higher tier, and uh, the staff were all speaking you know another language. And I'm thinking, man, could you imagine being on one of these boats, ships? Sorry, one of these ships. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make that uh, error. But imagine, imagine being on one of these ships in like two or three, four o'clock in the morning, absolute darkness in the middle of the ocean, in a storm, just coming across. Like, dude, no, thank you. Like, that's got to be one of the scariest things. Like, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have like some gusto to uh, be on one of those ships and bring it over, like. You know, I modern day ships, sure, there's still an element of danger, right? But when you're on one of these old, old fucking things, or things made to be used like an old ship, you really got to know your stuff. You can have all the technology in your pocket, but at the end of the day, you know, you're using the sails and and you're going out in the middle of these oceans, and you're just you're just winging it. You're going for it, and it's just like, man. Now I'm sure they probably stay pretty close to the coastline and stuff. I would imagine. But uh, holy mackerel, man! It was really cool. So that was Sunday. But what what I was getting at was I was I was scheduled to play an earlier gig there from like eleven to two. So it's in Erie. Erie's like an hour from me. So that me, I like to be at my concerts at least an hour before I'm supposed to play. That way, I'm not like rushing things. Try to be professional. So I'm leaving Meadville at nine o'clock in the morning, and like it's not supposed to start getting hot till about noon or so, right? So. You know, I go, got jeans, got got my snap button shirt on. I get up there, I get, you know, it took me a while to figure out how to break through the gates to get back to where I needed to go without any kind of pass. I picked up my guitar. I was like, I'm a musician today. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, come on through. I didn't even check my bags or anything. It was kind of cool. Um, they should have, but they didn't. Uh, but so I got back there and uh, uh, I'm standing there and uh, the sound guy's running late. And then in walks another musician that I'm friends with uh, onto the pier. And he goes, hey, Fred, how you doing? I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he goes, you playing today? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing 11. He goes, huh? He goes, I'm supposed to be playing 11. And I'm like, no. I'm like, you're playing 11? I said, because I got the email right here. And he goes, well, I got an email right here. They double book. So, like, he was supposed to play, well, arguably, one of us were supposed to play later that day from, like, uh, 2.30 to 5.30. And uh, we looked at the brochure that was being passed out to everybody, and I was the 230 guy. So mm. I was like, you know what, Jay? You're a good dude, uh, even though we were both told 11. Go ahead and do your thing. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it up with the promoter, the event booker, or whatever, and let them know what happened. Um, and, you know, I try to keep things peaceful and, and nice. So I, I at least informed them that they had messed up, and I said, listen – I passed. Jay's doing the beginning. I'll do later. So, anyways, I was in the sun. I was in the sun from like nine, like ten o'clock until six o'clock that day, and I was in jeans 
and and I wasn't given any free uh, beverages. There was no water to go around. It was so poorly organized behind the scenes. It was really cool for anyone who paid and just got there. You go check out the boats, whatever. But like for anybody who was like directly involved, like myself, dude, I was buying water bottles, two bucks a bottle, just trying to stay hydrated. Then I had to play a three hour set in the sun. And uh, dude, it was it honestly the this is probably if it weren't for my ability to get on all these ships uh, and check it out, it would have been like probably my least favorite concert I've played all year, which is crazy. Wow. Because I was just so miserable. You know what I mean? I was just sweating to death. I was uncomfortable. And I had just caught and gotten off of playing Friday night and Saturday night. So like my voice wasn't perfect. And I was just like, man, this is, uh, I was just exhausted, man. Needless to say. So that was kind of my weekend wrapped up. Um, in, in summary, I guess. Oh, and I got heckled on, on fr- Friday night. I got heckled. It was hilarious because that never happens to me, and uh, I think the guy actually had had some uh, some mental health going on. But he was sitting at the mm-hmm. at a bar at a place that I was playing. This is actually a really funny story. He was sitting at a bar, and for those who don't know, I play all original material. Once in a while, I'll do a cover song, but uh, th- these places always have me back. Patrons like it; they they love what I bring to the table. This guy's got his back to me. He's drinking. You know, I play two or three songs, and uh, um. He kind of spins around and he goes, he goes, show me who you are. And like, there's not like a ton of people there, right? It's still early on in the evening. And I'm like looking at him and he goes, show me who you are. And like, he's like this older dude. He's probably like in his early sixties or something. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? And I go, do you want me to turn up? You want me to play something faster? Like, I don't know. Show me who you are. And he turns back around and the owner was there. So here's here's the funny story. So the owner, um, I had just negotiated an increase in what he was going to pay me moving forward. And I don't think he's actually ever seen me play before. But he's going based off of feedback that he's heard from previous times I've been there when the band's been there. This is the first time he was actually there when I was playing and I get heckled three songs in. So he walks over to the guy and he goes... He goes, hey, man, we got a problem here? You know, I hear him as I'm playing. I'm like, oh, man, shit's about to go down, you know. And then the guy just kind of waved his hand. He's like, he said something. And then they kind of separate it. And eventually the heckler leaves, right? And I'm like, thank God. Like, I don't need that shit. Um, As an artist, I'm already super critical of myself. Like, I don't need that. Because, like, I can deal with heckling if it's kind of done in a jovial spirit. You know what I mean? Like, people are like, play Freebird or play something I know. You know, stuff like that. And they're laughing. They're having a good time. And, and then I can give it back and we can all laugh together. You know what I mean? I can do that. But this guy was, like, angry. And so he mm-hmm. leaves. And after my first set, I go and I talk to the – I go and I talk to the uh, the owner, right, the guy who booked me. And I'm like, hey, man, I got we got to have a conversation. Do you know what that was about? And he goes, he goes, man, he goes, I don't know. I was like, is that guy like shit-faced or something? And he goes, no, I've seen him before. He's a local accordion player. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I expected to hear here. And uh, he goes, yeah, if you go through Edinburgh, you'll see him on the benches, like playing accordion once in a while. And he goes, yeah, you actually tried to have me book him here in October for an accordion set. And he just laughed and he goes, I'm not booking a dude playing accordion here. It's like people would not like that, you know. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, well, I was like, what did he say? Like what he was getting at? And he goes, yeah, he said that you hadn't played a good song yet. And I was like, okay, well, I I can get that my music isn't for everybody. You know, I'm big enough to realize that and and get that. You know, that's fine. If you don't like it, 
Go somewhere else. I'm here for the next three hours. They're paying me to be here. Um, you know, and it's fine if you even tell me, but like, don't cause a scene. You know what I mean? Um, we can have a cool conversation about it in between sets, whatever. But, you know, don't be disruptive. That's not cool. So the guy leaves and uh, talk to the owner and he's cool. Anyways, my third set, um, things are picking up a little bit. In walks Heckler. He comes back. Heckler comes back. And uh, he sits at the at the in my field of view. He's at as far away as he can be from me where I can still see him. And uh, he sits on this bar stool, LJ, and he's just leaning forward, just staring at me the whole time. And he's not clapping between songs. And I'm like, dude, this is super uncomfortable. I didn't say anything, but I'm thinking like if this guy like pulls out a weapon or something, it is on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what his intentions are. But I could tell he was angry last time. So anyways, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to try something different. So I play American Girl by Tom Petty. And uh, he scoots forward a little bit, sits back at the bar. Now he's getting closer. And uh, as soon as the song's over... He gets up, he walks over by the stage, and he looks at me, LJ, and he goes, as far as I'm concerned, you only played one song tonight. And he walked out. And I was like, wow. Like, I was like, what, what is this? You know? Uh, but it, it actually made me feel uh, kind of good because I, I actually, while he was there, I actually covered a John Moreland song, Who's My Favorite Artist. And uh, it's a fantastic song. I played it well. And uh, that wasn't even good enough for him. It was the Tom Petty song that that was the one. That was the one real song I played. So I don't know. There's just shitty people out there. But that was an interesting experience that I had. Um, Yeah, so weird though. I mean, mean, I'm used to getting – I got heckled in Trenton, New Jersey once. But by the end of the night, me and the dude were like friends. Um, Usually I can handle those situations. But this guy was just a whole different level pissed off about it. And I don't understand, mm-hmm. you know. I think we're just in such a crazy time that, like, you know, it seemed like he was looking for an argument or a fight. You know what I mean? Like he and he was by himself, so it wasn't like he was with friends. He was he was out there by by his own. It's just weird. It's a weird. Uh, it's a weird take on things. You know what I mean? Like, what's your opinion of that? Like, what the heck? He just wanted a collab. <laughs> he wants a. <laughs> He was a hop up there with his accordion, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think he was a little jealous that I had stage time and yeah. he didn't. But, yeah, again, I, I didn't really say anything to him. I just let him walk out. But, man, sometimes you got to rise above those occasions, you know what I mean? And just, you know, not give them what they want. And, yep, uh, exactly. And just brush it off. Yeah, that's what I did. But it did stick with me for like a day afterwards just thinking like, what kind of approach is that? Like that's such a weird, weird approach, man. Other than that, my weekend's been good. Your weekend's been okay? Yeah, good so far. Good. Just did a lot of stuff with the fam. Went to like our children's museum, got some stuff done around the house. So yeah, can't complain. Good, good, man. Happy to hear it. Super happy to hear it. And then uh, I will apologize to the listeners that we're a little late on the podcast. We're recording this on Tuesday. And uh, LJ again was, was uh, asked last minute to hop in. Um, Jake and I didn't even consider the pod it's one of those things it was like i have a priority list it's like concert 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 family oh crap we got podcast uh okay how do i make this happen jake are you oh wait jake's gonna be gone for a couple days 
And he's like, dude, just find a fill-in if you can, or we can just wait until next week. But because we have patrons, I wanted to put something out there. You know what I mean? And you, yourself included, LJ, you're a patron of the show, so thank you very much. We need to uh, revoke your uh, patronage and just make you an official uh, whatever you co-host. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and a fill-in or maybe even start bringing you in or something. I'll talk to Jake about it for sure. But um, I was joking with you, and I said, we need to give you a T-shirt. It's like uh, – you know, whatever. Some sort of official. I'm co-host. happy to be a patron. Yeah, I appreciate that. Some sort of official co-host T-shirt. Some some sort of bragging rights we got to give you. Some flair. Um, but it is definitely appreciated. So thanks to you, we're able to do the podcast this week. Even though it's a it's a day late, couple days late. Um, we'll get it up for you, and uh, I'm going to stay up tonight and make sure it gets published so the listeners will have this one Wednesday. So um, let's talk about some games we're playing. Let's get into some PlayStation talk, LJ, and. Uh, the only thing that that I'm gonna reserve for next episode was because Jake Jake and I had been trying to play Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two um, as part of our series where we're just playing one of the free games on the Play- PlayStation Plus and then talking about it at the end of the month. Um, that is one of the games that I'm playing. We're gonna wait until Jake returns to have a conversation about that. But uh, I also jumped into Hell Divers a little bit. All the talk about the last episode on the last episode about the Hell Divers Two leak, and then uh, also did some GTA Five Online. And both of those games, um, sorry about that. I thought my phone was muted. Both of those games are actually um, we played together, man. So uh, mm-hmm. my now my experience with Hell Divers was a little bit longer than yours probably because I I've played it before, but then I've been actively back in that game playing it and. Uh, GTA 5 online though my only experience with that since the last episode is the stuff that you and I did so um, I am very tempted because we have a holiday weekend to get my PS Plus extra buy up and then play Stray this weekend Um, if I can find some time I want to get Stray in there and then uh, I might uh, dive into a little bit of Returnal or something but uh, Rollerdrome has caught my eye and Called of the Lamb just based on all the fantastic reviews it's getting um has my interest peaked a little bit? I don't think I'll probably buy it, but I'm interested in those. Um, how about yourself, LJ? What are you playing? Yeah, I mean, besides the games that we played together, which were a blast, um, that was my first experience with Hell Divers, and really enjoyed it. I'm tempted to pick it up, um, but I'm not. Uh, I'm going to hold off a little bit longer. Um, I think it's cool how I can do coach co- uh, co-ops. That'd be good for my fam. Um, but yeah, just outside of those, I did try multiverse, um, versus, um, a few times and, you know, I'm kind of like you and Jake, not a big fighting game guy. Yeah. Uh, likewise, I haven't played really since like, you know, street fighter two on super Nintendo or whatever, but, uh, you know, I had, I had a little bit of fun. Um, I think I'll probably dip back into it here and there. It seems like a really well-made game, yeah. um, which is which is especially hard for those fighter type games, just because Smash Bros has really set the bar so high. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems to be getting a lot of love. And then, yeah, I just I jump into Fall Guys here and there. I still enjoy that um, quite a bit, and it's just one of those games I can pick up and and play. I have been itching to get back into story um, driven games. Um, I still need to finish up uh, Guardians, so I might try to. Um, might try to do that this weekend. Yeah, I think that's a strong call. That's another game I want to dive into is the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, is that is that free on extra? I think it is, isn't it? I believe so. Uh-huh. I bought it. I don't. I haven't uh, upgraded yet my tier, but uh, mm-hmm. fantastic game. Yeah, fantastic. From what I've heard, Jake is saying praises. He says it's, the story's better than the movie. 
Um, so he talks about that in the last episode. I did want to note too, real quick. I don't know what happened, but our our video last week uh, had an incredible amount of views. Our our incredible comparatively. Usually our YouTube videos get so little views, right? We're talking like in the teens. We don't get a lot of views on it. And I've been trying to make that change and the timestamp. So anytime someone recommends something on the YouTube channel, you know, I try to rope them in. But uh, our last episode had has over like 60 views. And I and I think that shows some growth, but it also shows maybe my ignorance with how I've been handling YouTube. So the title of our last episode uh, was just Helldivers 2 Leaked. That was it. And I think that like... If you make the title of your thing something that somebody's just going to search for and not be witty with a title, you're probably going to get more attention. So for moving forward, I'm going to be very just on the nose with the titles of our podcast episodes instead of trying to be cutesy and fun. So FYI, I think that that's going to help the podcast in the long run. Um, it's definitely going to attract more people to listen, I think. So moving forward, that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, let's, let's talk about the news, shall we? It is uh, – been a crazy, 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 crazy amount of news points. And uh, I just can't believe the amount of things to talk about. And uh, it's it's hilarious because this is another important episode. Um, and Jake's totally missing out on it. And, uh, well, you know, his loss. There's lot, lots of opinions here that we're going to have. First being that PlayStation acquired a new studio. Um, the first first studio is called Savage Studio. The first news point, Savage Studios. Um, apparently, this is their this is their PlayStation's attempt to focus on mobile gaming. Um, Push Square had a really nice article up on their website, and uh, I went to it, and I think it said uh, I'm not going to really look. At, it, it also referenced the PlayStation blog. I think the PlayStation blog. Sorry, that's where I went. Um, the Push Square article indicated that uh, that that it was found on the PlayStation blog, and I can kind of read this real quick. Um, so, the co-founder of Savage Game Studios, uh, Mikhail Katkoff, um, indicates this, and uh, it, this is all transcribed, but it's on the PlayStation blog. It says, "Thanks, Herman. Hello, hello, everyone in the PlayStation community. Established in 2020 and led by myself and fellow co-founders." Um, names two names that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Um, Savage Game Studios was born of our many years of mobile game development experience spanning a number of massively successful global IP. Our guiding vision was a creative space where experimentation and taking risks weren't warily avoided, but rather eagerly embraced. We've all worked at big studios, and while we respect the advantage of ample resources, we wanted to stay small and nimble so we could call our own shots. So why then, you may be thinking to yourself, would you join PlayStation Studios? Well, we made this deal because we believe that PlayStation Studios' leadership respects our vision for how we can best operate and succeed, and because they too are not afraid to take chances. All of that, plus the ability to potentially tap into PlayStation's amazing catalog of IP, and the fact that we will benefit from the kind of support that only they can provide. The harder question to answer would be, why not? On behalf of everybody at Savage Game Studios, thank you for having us. We can't wait to show you what we've been working on. So, it looks like this is going to be uh, really, really, really just mobile gaming. Um, you know, mobile gaming has been like a huge thing. I'd say the majority of video games played in our country are mobile games. Um, 
you know, I would say with, you know, a lot of people doing iPhone games and all that stuff. And I, I don't know that I would qualify. Maybe I would like the switch as a mobile device. I, I don't know. That's more of a handheld thing. It's mobile for sure. But I think when we're talking mobile gaming, I think we're kind of just specifically talking about phone games at this point. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that that encapsulates other, I don't know, other systems? I agree with you. I think it's exactly that. I think they're really just trying to diversify, Mm -hmm. you know, and try to bring in more people. Um, I mean, uh, I looked it up before the show. Um, One resource said that last year in 2021, the mobile gaming industry was $120 billion last year. Yeah, that's crazy. So I think they're trying to tap into not only that money, but bring people into PlayStation. I think that's why you see, you know, PlayStation only games go into to PC and everything because they want to suck people in, which, you know, is great. More people that come to it, fantastic. But let's, you know, we can't romanticize it. At the end of the day, these people, uh, you know, at the top, their their intentions are money-driven. So yeah, it makes sense. I think it's a good thing, though. I mean, you know, to bring in more players and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you got to be out there to get noticed. You know what I mean? And, and to, to have people pay attention to what you're doing. So uh, one of the things on the PlayStation blog they indicate, they said that, that Savage, um, the studio there, they, they're already working on a new unannounced AAA mobile live service action game. Um, it's too early to reveal anything more, but they're uh, excited for when they come back and make that at Savage Game Studios. That is um, when they come back. And uh, PlayStation on the PlayStation blog says our mobile gaming efforts will be similarly additive, providing more ways for more people to engage with our content and striving to reach new audiences, kind of like you were saying, LJ. Unfamiliar with PlayStation in our game, Savage Game Studios is joining a newly created PlayStation Studios mobile division, which will operate independently from the console development and focus on innovative on-the-go experiences based on new and existing PlayStation IP. So it makes you wonder, like, are we going to get, like, Horizon Bejeweled? Are we going to get, like, Uncharted? Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, we, they tried an Uncharted card game a while back, but, I mean, like, you know, stuff like Gwent by CD Projekt Red um, for a while, I think, was a, was a mobile game that, in fact, I think it is widely a mobile game. So could we get these really crazy... Uh, Magic the Gathering type games where the characters and the environments and the different cards are all PlayStation centered characters and, and units and that would be kind of interesting really if they did something wild like that um, we know Genshin Impact started off as a mobile game and that game is just doing gangbusters it's doing so well and uh, it's hard to believe that anyone would even want to play that on a phone but you can and uh, that's where it got its that's where, it got, where it's got its legs so what a cool little news story, and uh, you know, I don't really have any opinion outside the fact that like you can't su- succeed in something unless you try. You know what I mean? So, and if they feel they have the capital, or whatever, to, to get this studio under their wing and try to do something different and reach out to people, then why not? You know what I mean? It's a smart business move, especially with all the money that Microsoft has. Um, they gotta they gotta stay pivoting and moving in this ever changing uh, atmosphere. I think so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at on it. Um, and uh, the next news point I have here is Hangar 13, the studio behind the Mafia games, have confirmed a new Mafia game is in development. Uh, the head of the studio indicated it's a long ways off, and actually a few years or so, but the franchise has not fallen, so all the Mafia fans out there can rest rest easy now. Um, they did that crazy remake of, uh, I think, 
one and two or something. They did a remake for Mafia. I can't remember which ones it was. Do you remember what that was? The Ma- I can look it up. It's like the definitive edition. Yeah, I think it was the original one. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. Video game. Yeah, I've never played a Mafia game. I've uh, heard really good things. Yeah. Um, but just never never jumped into it. Which ones have you played? I've done the I've done I think Mafia three was the one where you're returning a Vietnam vet, I believe. And I've I've played the first one a long, long time ago. It says that uh Mafia Definitive Edition on uh IMDB and Steam are you know, ninety six percent of Google users like the game. Um it was released in twenty twenty the re-release Hangar 13 did it. It was published by 2K Games. It has a 9 out of 10 on Steam and an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Now, I don't know what the... Uh, yeah, so it's called Mafia Definitive Edition. And I'm trying to see... Um, I think you're right. I think it is just the first one. Um, yeah, I looked it up. It is the original. Yeah, so interesting. So I played Mafia 3 and 1. I don't know if I ever played the second one. But I'll tell you what, like they're on to something with this. And, you know, I, I just don't like seeing franchises die in the video game world. I don't mind if they take a nice little siesta for a while and come back. But, I, I, you know, is then you, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of conflicted because if it's not working and it sucks, then I don't mind. But if it's something that has a little teeth and has promise, something that has a little bit of hope to it and like people ha- generally like it um, and it just needs a, a little bit of a reboot. Like they kind of like what they did with Tomb Raider. I I, I kind of like how they handled Tomb Raider. I know diehard fans aren't really excited about the new ones. I liked them, um, but uh, I think Mafia. I think there's a lot of unexplored uh, story with the Mafia series for sure. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. So good, good on that. Hangar Thirteen, and uh, so. Like I said, if you if you're a mafia fan, I'd like to hear actually who all played these games because I don't know I don't I don't personally know anybody who's like yeah man I fucking love mafia give me that mafia you know what I mean like I don't know it like that but the games haven't really ever sucked um, I think the third one became a little too rinse and repeat for me and I think I talked about it on one of the shows when I was playing it it was just seemed a little like okay I get it I gotta go do this now I gotta go do that now I gotta do this now I can fight the bad guy in this area. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. Next uh, next news point. Um, this is a big deal. Um, I don't know that it's actually going to affect me. Uh, but Sony – well, it might affect our podcast as you well know now, LJ, because we're doing everything on Discord now with our video chat and stuff and doing the, recording the audio that way. Um, Sony's going to be integrating Discord completely uh, into the PS5. I don't know if PS4 is including this or not, um, but in the next couple months. And the only thing – that I use Discord for is to record the podcast um, with Jake and uh, with you. But I do have another Discord that I'm part of now that I think about it. So, like, even though I'm trying to stay disconnected from Discord because I don't really fully understand how it works, um, I have the app on my computer, I have the app on my phone. Um, that Game Book series I've talked about, that Lone Wolf series, has its own Discord. And then the company who released Hero Quest re released it, Avalon Hill, they have a Discord. So, I've gotten invites to be a part of those discords and I've taken, taken them up on it. Um, you know, but just because I'm not sure that I'm going to use it on my PS five, it doesn't mean that I won't be able to find a use for it down the road. And, uh, maybe it'll somehow make our podcast easier or something. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe sharing content or, 
we have a little Discord. Uh, PS is awesome, but it's just my account. I didn't I didn't invite anybody. It just exists. Uh, you know, I'm trying to manifest a huge audience so that we can open up a Discord. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Any opinions on this, LJ? This is a really big deal, I think, because a lot of gamers use Discord. Absolutely. This is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, I've used Discord for many years. Um, I have some buddies. Um, we all live in different states now, and that's what we use when we play online board games. But in the past month or so, I've actually been using it more um, to keep up with uh, different bands I listen to have them. Wow. And so it's it's cool to talk to other people um, about that. But uh, no, I think this is a must for PlayStation and really just video games in general because – there's more and more cross play, right? Yeah. So um, we need more ways to to be able to communicate when we're playing games with, you know, if you're playing with your cousin who has an Xbox, mm-hmm. you know, you can't right now natively talk to them cross chat playing, doesn't exist. exist. Yeah. Right. But if Discord's there, you know, you can just jump right in PC, you know, Xbox, whatever, um, and PlayStation, and just you know chat away. So I yeah, this is massive. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so it it looks, yeah, it, it, the article on Push Square. I mean, it, I wish I knew more about Discord to be able to speak on this, but I uh, I understand that. Yeah, with the with the ability to chat, that would be huge. Um, and uh, it, it's it's indicating here that let me see here. Tom Henderson was it was an ex ex ex-pewter reporter um and he apparently previously uh gave us the heads up on the on the dual sense edge controller which we're going to be talking about later um indicated that that quality assurance with this uh integration is going really well um and uh it's it's looking like it's it's really gonna happen pretty soon um, and let me see here. PlayStation made a big deal of its, this is straight from the Push Square article. PlayStation made a big deal of its partnership with Discord last year, but outside of some very minor hooks allowing you to display which PS5 games you're currently playing on the app, we get to see the fruits of its labor. And in parentheses, it says, this is from Jim Ryan, our goal is to bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends, groups, and communities to hang out, have fun, and communicate more easily while playing games together. The communication thing is the key. You know, I don't think that people really care about showing what game they're playing on their Discord avatar or whatever their account. I, I think really what people want to be able to do is is have those uh, – build those relationships with people who are – they're gaming with now that, that some of these games allow us to cross game with different consoles. You know, being able to bridge that, that chasm of uh, – between consoles and mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think this is good initiative, and uh, I'm happy for PlayStation. Now, do you know if, if Xbox allows this as well? Yeah. In fact, I believe Xbox already has Discord um, incorporated into it. I mean, it's a more recent thing. I don't think it was since launch, but yeah, uh, yeah I think it has that that function. Good. Then that makes, that makes complete sense. All right. So moving forward, next news point. Resident Evil on Netflix. We know they had a Netflix show. Um, it's getting the axe already. It's it's uh, it's getting uh, infected and it's not coming back. Um, they're not getting renewed for a second series, uh, which only means to me that now I'm not beholden to watch this thing. Um, 
which is nice because I, this only happened to me with one other show I was actually interested in, and it was Luke Cage, and that was the uh, uh, you know the whole Jessica Jones Daredevil, all that stuff they were doing Punisher. They had all these different uh, Marvel spinoff movies. And uh, Luke Cage was one of them. And I'd watched them all. And then I was halfway through Luke Cage when the news hit that it wasn't getting renewed for another season. And I was just like, I'm not even finishing this thing. Like, there was no point. You know what I mean? No point to waste my time. I think it would have been another six hours of my life just gone. Um, So it's a shame that this happens. uh, But there's probably a reason here. I don't think the Resident Evil... uh, show on Netflix did very well. I think I think it was it was kind of a joke, to be honest, from what I from what I've read. Have, did you even try to watch this or anything? I didn't know, but uh I guess it's one of the worst rated Netflix shows of all time. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it yeah, probably got it's, reviewed. It's bomb. pretty terrible. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I the video game uh uh players can be pretty toxic at times. They might have just review bombed the shit out of it because they didn't like it. Um, potentially I mean at the same time I think a lot of times you know these uh, movie or TV studios will just like you know slap an IP on something and and hope that that's going to carry it through and it's like that's not how it works like I don't care what IP and right. or how beloved it is you has you have to still have like good acting especially good writing you know it has to be quality stuff um, I mean just look at Game of Thrones like you know, amazing story. They put a lot of money in the production was good. And then when the writers got lazy at the end, the last few seasons, I mean, no one really talks about game of Thrones. Like now that there's the, the prequel out, but I mean, that was like, everyone talked about that for so long. So yeah, you have to have good writing and stuff. And just because it says resident evil doesn't mean it's going to be a success. It's not an instant win. Yeah. Yeah. No no instant coffee here with them. (laughs) Oh man, that's that's a valid point. Uh, I I can appreciate that input for sure. Um, next news point. This is a big one. Uh, this is a huge one. Um, well, actually, no, this one isn't. But the one after this one is the Twisted Metal TV series has finished filming. So maybe that's big news to somebody. I, I say let's let's see some uh, let's see a trailer or something. Let's give us a teaser. Let me see what the vibe is of this. Um, we'll probably get one pretty soon. Any opinions on that, LJ? Twisted Metal TV series? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. Um, I love Twisted Metal. Um, I, you know, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but, you know, I was a PlayStation gamer, stopped for like a, several decades, and now I'm back mm-hmm. into it. And, uh, you know, back when I had my PS1 and PS2, Twisted Metal 1 through 4 was some of my most played games. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited in that sense, but also, like, I realize, hey, this could be a shit show. Like, it could be terribly written or, you know, so I'm trying not to get my hopes up again because just because it's twisted metal doesn't mean it's going to be awesome. Um, but I do think – I did look up the cast. The cast is pretty freaking solid. They have a, brought in a lot of big names. Really? Um, which I think is awesome. Yeah, like um, – I think like Falcon from Marvel's in there. Oh goodness, Samoa Joe's in there. Um, a few other people. I'm bad at like names and what movies, but I recognize their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's just like it's just like the Resident Evil thing. You know, basically the show's writing has to be good, and Twisted Metal, you know, the Twisted Metal skin on it has to be just icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It can't be the other way around. Right. Right. So yeah, the the. 
Yeah, I, I think that I was talking to this person at work today, and uh, she said that she had initially gone to school for well, her minor was in history, right? And uh, I had been given this. Uh, my my father sent me a, a text message, and it was just like a little quip from uh, here. I'll actually let me see if I pulled up from a Civil War soldier. It was a love letter back home, right? And uh, I'm looking at this. And uh, let me find it here because this is, I mean, you guys know no one, no one writes like this anymore. So this is, this is what he sent me. And he said, uh, look at, look at the way they, they used to write back. He's kind of a history buff too. But the, this letter says, Sarah, my love for you is deathless. It seems to blind me with mighty cables that nothing but omnipotence could break. Yet my love of country comes over me like a strong wind and bears me irresistibly on with all these chains to the battlefield. And then it says, If I do not return, my dear Sarah, never forget how much I love you. And when my last breath escapes me, it will whisper your name. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Damn. dude, like, we don't write. Like, this is like someone penned a letter to somebody and that's what they, they, that's how they were writing one. It's like, that's poetry. That's straight up poetry. You know what I mean? And uh, so then I then I asked him and I said, I said, there's, there's no way... There's no way that everyone in the Civil War days wrote like that. But when you watch the Ken Burns, um, this is a digression, but this is good. But when you watch this Ken Burns Civil War, all the voiceover is eloquent like that. And it's like, on the eve of blah, 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 I woke up to the sound of gunshots. You know, and it's like, shall I not return to you, dear Bethany? You know? Make sure you put the horses away each evening and dream of me. You know, stuff like that, you know. So, right. But it's like – but then – so then I started looking into it and there were definitely people who were not educated who fought in that war. I would say probably the majority of people that were in that war that fought were not educated enough to write letters like that. But this is the way that we romanticize war and this is the way that we look back at these things. We're like, oh, while, while it is super cool, right, to hear the way the prose and the way the people spoke and wrote back then. Very, very interesting, different than how we do now. Um, I would say better than how we do now, hundred uh, um, percent. But, but there's a whole other side to all of this that that we don't ever really. The veil doesn't really lift, right? So I was talking to this lady at work. Back to what, what you were talking about, and uh, and I go, you know, what what is it about history that that you really like? And uh, she goes, she goes, honestly, I, th- I think at the end of the day, it's 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 the love of story. And I'm like, that's very well put. And and I think that that, that is my uh, affinity as well towards towards everything. Songwriting, reading, TV shows, gaming even. It's not the actual playing and the gameplay, honestly, for me. Like, I really think it's the love of a good story. That's why I love Red Dead Redemption. That's why I love The Last of Us. That's why I like Uncharted. It's the characters, the writing. Uh, the adventure you're going on with these people, right? The Witcher, fantastic. Now, I can appreciate a game that's a little more slapsticky, right? Like, obviously, like uh, Strider, for instance. I love that. Um, we talked about uh, Helldivers. There's no real good story there. I, I like some of that stuff. But if you really, really want me all in on whatever you're doing, the writing's got to be there. And you got to take me on a good story. Whether it's comedy, horror uh like a drama 
some sort of love story, whatever it is, you better be pulling it, that string, more than 100% for me. Because other because if you don't, someone else is gonna, right? So you have to win me over that way. And I think you're right with the Twisted Metal thing. Like You can have all the actors. You can have all of the... Dude, you can have uh, the name, the IP. You can have the best cinematographers. You can have the best um, studio behind it, the best director. Uh, but if you don't have anything else... It just feels empty and it ain't going to work. So I'm curious to see what they're doing with Twisted Metal, man. I hope it's like a Borderlands vibe. That'd be pretty cool. Like, well, and remember, yeah, I think it is supposed to have a lot of comedic uh, elements to it. Um, But I mean, and also, too, like, uh, Jake had a good point on the last show where he talked about, like, you know, in, in, in video games, there's more time than a movie to, you know, develop characters and tell the story. And that's also true of TV. So they have that going for them. Right. Um, but we also live in, you know, I'm not a huge like media, like movie TV guy, but I think we still live in the golden age of TV. Like if you ask most people, like what are some of the best shows ever made? It's stuff from the last 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. So they're, 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 you know, the bar has been set pretty high. Like you're adding to a noise that's already pretty top quality. So it's got to be damn good with a damn good story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. Just be like, Oh, resident evil. Oh, uncharted. Oh, whatever. Like, um, and that story can carry through. Like, would you say, um, cyberpunk, right? Mm-hmm. All the bugs and stuff, but was the story pretty good? Was that one of the things that kept you going through that game despite all of the bullshit that you had to do? Yeah, I think the way? agency you have in that game, feeling like you're part of that world, right? So like the the level of immersion in that game is what kind of kept me mm-hmm. into it. Um, maybe not the full story, so to speak, but the ability to hop into these minor side quests and stories that are that just, they're interesting enough to be like, oh, wow, yeah, let's see what we can get into today. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's mm-hmm. hit the streets again. Let's cause some trouble. Let's go maybe try to help somebody. Uh, let's, you know, let's get a couple missions going. And uh, it was it was interesting. Um, interesting enough. And I think the thing that uh, Cyberpunk has over a game like Grand Theft Auto um, would be that the environment just is more attractive to me, right? It's a little more science fiction. Um, it's a little more interesting to me than than like here you are in modern day city or in a city in 1990 or 1980 or 70 or whatever. Like it's like, okay, this isn't a huge leap from, from my imagination, but being immersed in a world where you have – you know, flying cars and all these tech weapons, and but like you're in it, and it feels like if you can suspend your disbelief a little bit and get involved in a world like that, it's really fun. You know, that's that's it for me. That's interesting. That's that's also also why I like the Red Dead game so much because you're you're back in the West. It's something I I can't experience in real life. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's you know I I think there's always some sort of uh, uh, an attraction with games like that. Um, now I, I do like Grand Theft Auto, obviously five, I've been playing it a bit, but I think I like that just as mainly just because the, 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 the loop is fun. The gameplay loops fun, but also it's a really enjoyable game to play with friends. And, uh, it's, it's a game where you can measure your progress 
and it feels like you know in in that in that regard i am living a life i can't live because i can never be a tycoon you know i can't just hop in a helicopter and fly around like los angeles you know what i mean um i can't parachute off a building and kill myself on accident you know (laughs) which is what happened when we played that mission earlier uh but yeah man so that's a great question how how about you man like what what kind of what 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 is attracting you to games these days? I mean, I mean, I know you have you have a family of kids in the house, so you have to kind of be careful about what you're probably putting on the screen while they're up. Um, but like, what what is the uh, what are the things you take into consideration when you're picking out a game? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, a lot of things very similar, like immersion, um, the beauty of it, right? Because again, I stepped away for so long, and I come back, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like these graphics are incredible, and stuff like Horizon and Ghost oh, of Tsushima and stuff are just beautiful. But I mean, also like that's, I think that's ultimately why I'm a PlayStation guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of them have their own benefits and stuff. I'm not like an anti Microsoft guy or whatever, but. Sony just kills it with stories like the just the stories are so good. And then on top of that, they're busting out these beautiful games that are just so immersive and stuff. So mm. um, story is definitely a big part of it. And, and the same goes for TV shows. It's like if these things have good stories, I'll be gripped in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like the Twisted Metal one, because I have that nostalgia vibe uh, linked to it. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, story is a is a top priority for me. Very that good. sucks me in. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you and I on that. Um, especially the mm-hmm. older you get, the more important that is, I think. I think the older you get, the more you appreciate um, connection with characters and stories. And, like, you know, you don't ah, – I shouldn't say. I, I was say you don't usually see, like, a lot of teenagers reading for the fun of it. Usually they're reading because it's an assignment or something, right? I've started picking up more and more books the older I get. You know what I mean? It's because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still reaching for those good stories. I just enjoy it. Just yeah. enjoy it. There's a lot of, lot of – uh, lessons can be learned, you know. I think you can get an education from uh, uh, experiencing other people's trauma through through story, like Joel, you know, Joel and Ellie, and like, you know, what mistakes not to make, what, what you know, what's important at the end of the day, you know, those kind of stories are, mm-hmm. are, are really nice. It's uh, I find that that stories that are really, really uh, that pull at your heartstrings, it, it, you know, they, they help you reset your perspective a little bit you know i think we live in a world a lot of us live in a world where we take so much for granted and then to to read like a harrowing experience like a you know like right now i'm reading a book by Cormac mccarthy called all the pretty horses it's a, it's the first book in a trilogy called the the border trilogy i've read them before and i don't know at what point i think it's in the second or third book but um these guys get locked up in a mexican prison and it is not good uh the way it's written about and then when when they get out just as the reader, just the 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 deep breaths you take, you're like, oh my god, finally, I have, I'm done reading this this part. You know what I mean? Like it was getting a lot for me mm-hmm. to read, like what they were going through. Like you almost don't want to read it because you don't want the things to happen to them. You know what I mean? Like you just like I don't you know right. if I don't read it, it's not happening because it's not real. But but when they finally get out or, or you know get through that, then you you kind of have this weird this weird connection with these characters that aren't even real, and that's what good writing does. And uh, it offers a good, pers- a, a different perspective on things that maybe we otherwise couldn't achieve on our own, um, or if we did, it would it, it would require a lot more work than just picking up a book. Um, anyways, 
we'll move forward here. Next news point. That's a nice little little segue. I appreciate that conversation for sure. I can always talk about writing. Um, this is this is the big one. This is the big one I want to talk about. Uh, the Dual Sense Edge has been announced. Um, let me preface this this news story with: I have two PS5 controllers. The one that came with my PS5 something's up with it the thumbstick's not working the trigger's weird or something um if i turn my ps5 on with my original controller i have a passcode to get into it um my ps5 i have a password locked it'll and it times me out and then it's like oh now you got to open the app and verify it's really you and then you got to do this and do this and that so dude having a controller that doesn't break is so important like also, what is really important is battery life. So my other my other controller that I got the black one is the only controller I can use. I own two, and I can only use one because the other one's just garbage now. And I want to throw it out, you know, but it just sits on the shelf. Like I can't use it. It's got a charge, but I don't know. I don't know. So, anyways, DualSense Edge. Um, I pulled up, and I'm referencing the Push Square article on this because there's there's a lot to know about it. Um, there's a lot of things we don't know. So mm-hmm. let's go into what we don't know first. We don't know what it's going to cost. We don't know when it's going to come out. And uh, I think that – what else don't we know about? There's something else I don't think that they've been upfront about. Um, I think that's mainly it really, honestly. Uh, the two important things about it are the things that we don't know. How much is it and when's it releasing? Those are the big mm-hmm. ones. Um Everything that the DualSense Edge is coming with. Now, this is a this is a quote unquote pro controller, um, and uh, uh, I don't know. So it's supposed to contain the controller, a braided USB cable, two standard stick caps, two high dome stick caps, two low dome stick caps. Two half dome back buttons, two lever back buttons, a connector housing, and a carrying case. Um, so th- here's here's the thing that drives me crazy. Uh, I would imagine this controller is going to cost upwards of two hundo. I would guess. Uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, number one is is you can always reduce the price of something. And we'll get to the next news point. But you rarely increase the price of something once it's released. And knowing that – and this is a news point we're going to get to. That they just increased the price of PlayStation 5, which we're going to talk about in the next news point. They don't want to release a controller out of the gates and then have to raise the price on it in a year. right? So you start a little higher um, and, you, and you try to mitigate – any kind of losses from trying this new thing. This is the first time I think ever that Sony has released a pro controller themselves. Um, they may have licensed stuff to other companies to do stuff, to use their logo or whatever, but I think this is the first one that they are officially releasing themselves. Um, so when we talk about stick modules, we talk about lever back buttons, stick caps, all of those things. Um, the, the interesting thing about this is the issue I'm having with my controller right now, I don't think can be fixed by 
finding a PlayStation Five because because I guess what they're saying is is that it, once you buy this controller, um, it's possible that they may open a store where you can get additional pieces to replace the broken pieces, or if you want to replace your triggers, right? Like you can probably do that, but they're probably only going. This is all speculation. Going to be compatible with this DualSense Edge controller. I don't know that you're going to be able to go onto Sony's website, order a thumbstick for your current PlayStation controller, which isn't really meant to be taken apart, and replace it, right? Uh, this controller seems to be the opposite of that. It seems to be like it's going to be customizable. And you had mentioned before, I think, LJ, that you were interested in something like this. Is that right? Yeah, I would definitely be interested in this. I mean, um, I was going to ask you how, what price point you were thinking and. That's ex- my exact guess. I think it's going to be $200 just because of what we'll get into later and just um, the way inflation is affecting things. It's just, yeah. Um, and it does come with a decent amount of stuff. I mean, you know, all those caps and stuff like that. Um, I would definitely be interested in this. Um, again, as a father, it's kind of crazy because we have three controllers and none of them I have had issues with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my two-year-old plays with them sometimes. So, um, and they're always just like throwing them down and stuff like that. I'm surprised they, they have lasted. But yeah, if this would be something where it's like, okay, this is dad. So we're going to put this up and uh, that's going to be my controller. And you three, you know, you kids can fight over the three that are left. Um, another question that I have with it is like, obviously it's customizable, but and it's nice because, like, if you have drifting, maybe you can just replace the stick and you don't have to buy a whole new controller. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that from, like, a reuse kind of uh, perspective. But is it, like, built better? You know what I mean? Like, is it actually <laughs> right. more durable or is it just a modular controller? Because, you know, I would hope if I'm paying $200, it's, like, more than just customizable, but that it's actually, like, more durable. Like the parts, you know I mean? The parts are better parts, right? Right. I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, I don't that. think anyone knows that yet. And I, I think we're bound to see because I'm sure Digital Foundry or somebody's going to do a teardown of this thing as soon as it comes out. And they're going to do a compare and contrast video between the existing controller, the dual, the dual sense, and then the dual sense edge. Um, yeah. Man, it's interesting. Apparently, Microsoft has an elite controller, um, and that's about $150, I believe, for that. But. I don't know if this is Sony's response to that or if this is Sony's response to the gamers want for something like this or if this is just Sony recognizing that the controllers that they released maybe don't have the quality of life that they expected them to have. Um, I would imagine that the newer ones that are hitting the market, not the Edge, not this one, but like the newer DualSense controllers probably have been upgraded a little bit here and there to prevent this drift issue that we've noticed. I don't know for certain, but I mean, it's, it's no secret that the DualSense controllers have some issues despite their awesome ergonomics. Despite the fact that they feel so nice in your hand, there's some, some major issues, at least with my, with my stock controller. And uh, I don't abuse my controllers at all. Like I, all I've done is use them. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't overcharge them. I don't charge them when they don't need it. I don't drop them. I don't play them with dirty, grimy hands. Uh, they set up on a shelf when I'm not using them. Um, and 
yeah, there's drifting and there's button issues with it already. And it's just like, I haven't had it much longer than a year. Um, maybe a year and mm-hmm. a half. I don't know how, I don't know how old the PS five is at this point, but anyways, it's kind of wild to think about that. Um, Write in and let us know, listeners, if, if you have an opinion on the DualSense Edge. I'm really curious to hear what what your take is on the – what would you be willing to pay for the DualSense Edge? Um, what is your would – you, would you even pay for one or would you just stick to the $70 DualSense controller, which I think with their $69.99 right now, I think, for a regular controller, um, which is no – you know, which is no drop in a bucket. I mean that's that's some money. So – Do you think you'd get one of these? I guess it depends on what you asked. Like, is it made better? Like, is 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 the production of this controller a little more badass? You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not needy. Like, I'm more than happy with the DualSense controller. I don't need anything else than that. But if I can buy this controller and have the ability to fix it for twenty bucks, uh. With a thumbstick breaks or if a trigger breaks, maybe, you know, maybe I would because I think on my PS4, I went through four, four controllers at 50 a piece. I think there were 50, 59, maybe there were 60. So that's over $200 in controllers. So if you can spend 150 and know that you can fix it for 20 bucks. It's a, it's almost a wash, really. If you look at the money, I mean, you're almost at a wash, but not at the price at seventy bucks a controller, right? So four controllers at seventy bucks, two hundred eighty dollars. You buy one for one hundred and fifty, and you can re- speculating if you can get a part for twenty twenty five dollars to fix it. Um, I mean, you're gonna save money getting the DualSense Edge, maybe, but then but then you're always gonna have a battery issue, probably. I mean, the battery eventually is not gonna hold, right? You're gonna, you know. I don't know. But but even if the price is over that amount of time is almost the same or it's just a little bit more for this, it's like I'd rather, you know, have a Cadillac than a Ford Focus. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. that's – so it's like even if it's the same price, I also am having a Cadillac. You know, I don't know if it's like that. But yeah, um, yeah durability-wise, if I know this is going to last me maybe the rest of the life of the console, uh I'm definitely more tempted to get it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because you can replace it. It is going to last longer. Um, and I don't have to worry about stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued for sure. But it would be, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, maybe ask for some money for your birthday or something right. like that to get it. Right. I'm not just going to go out on a Friday night and go get yeah, this. Yeah, the wife asks, hey, what, what do you want for Christmas this year? Yeah. Well, you know. You know, if you want to fuel my gaming addiction, you can get me this two hundred dollar controller. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how yeah. that would fly, but yeah, I hear you, man. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that I don't know that I would be completely comfortable paying for for myself, but I would love to have it as a gift or have like a hundred dollars off or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Let's talk about the next one. This is one we have already kind of uh, had a little foreshadowing here. Um, so the PlayStation five is getting a price hike. And, uh, the interesting thing about this is I don't think that this has ever happened for PlayStation. I don't think they've ever released a console and then been like, Oh, we're going to raise the price on it. I don't think that's ever happened. 
usually they can justify doing something like this by re-releasing a console in a slim mode or – but usually when they re-release a console, it's usually at the same price or a little cheaper because they've used different parts, right? So this is strange. Um, I, I don't think that there's any one reason for this to happen. I think that maybe tariffs, cost of doing, doing business, inflation, the economy, cost of transportation, the semiconductor issue, uh, the cost of production, all of these things are wrapped into this decision. And I'm sure it's not a decision that they made lightly. You know, this is a big decision and, and you're only inevitably going to piss people off. Um, there's no there's no situation where you raise the price of your console that's already impossible to find. <laughs> like with all these people already selling it for more than what it's worth, and you're going to jack the price up as the as the maker of this thing, and uh, think that people are going to be cool with it, right? So the decision to do this, no doubt, had probably been, I don't, I don't even know, ruminated on probably for months you know it probably they probably had to get through so many different gate posts of people saying yes this is probably what we need to do looking at the trends looking at the market looking at this looking at where we stand looking at how much we're putting towards maybe maybe even their spend spending you know i i don't know but so let, let's get down to it the the increase is only affecting europe united kingdom japan china and canada at the moment and it was immediately – it was like, by the way, we're raising the price. When? Now. <laughs> so so that happened. And uh, there was an article on the PlayStation blog and Jim Ryan indicated the hike was a response to high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries. Based on these challenging economic conditions, SIE has made the difficult decision to increase the recommended retail price. Um, so that's, that's just it. Uh, you know, we are heading towards a possible recession here. I mean, the, the value of the dollar, um, is actually kind of getting stronger right now, I think, because other countries are going through similar issues. Um, this is worldwide. There's a lot of issues, uh, with the economy in this, in this world right now. Um, a lot of it brought on by COVID, a lot of it brought on by, I would just say in general supply and demand, there's a huge war going on right now. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of other things at play. And uh, man, it's, it's weird where we're heading. And we're not going to dive into that conversation. But the, the end result is, is that businesses need to protect themselves and they need to do what they need to do to stay afloat. And uh, they know what they're paying for a PlayStation 5 to be created and they know what they're selling it for. My guess is is that they were selling PlayStation 5s at a loss, hoping to make money on the software. And either they're not seeing the return on that because studios have been slowed down because of COVID. Games are getting pushed back that they're like, listen, we're taking too much of a loss on the PS5s right now. We need to do something to mitigate it. Um, we got to raise the price. And they probably didn't do it in the U.S., would be my guess is because we are buying PlayStation 5s here and we are probably also consuming a ton of video games 
um, because we're, I don't want to say we're privileged, but we are. We, we live in a, in a country where we don't have to deal with a lot of shit. Um, if, you know, we do, but we don't comparatively. Just, you know, we're not getting attacked by Russia. We're not, uh, knock on wood, you know, we're not, we're not in a war. We're not uh, facing, uh, I just saw Pakistan, right? The, the floods, just a thousand people were wiped out recently in a flood. And it's just like, holy shit, like the world is on fire. Um, we've got it pretty okay right now in the U.S. And, uh, you know, we're still able to go home from work and we're able to play our video games and we're going to go in the PlayStation store, we're going to buy shit and we're going to support Sony. And uh, they're getting money from us. And I think that they know that if they raise the price of the PS5 here, it's going to cause a trickle-down effect and they would rather sell the software here and take the loss on the PlayStations here. Um, but I think elsewhere, it's a different story. Um LJ, what's your opinion? It's, it's weird times. I mean, I agree with everything you said. It's just super weird times. Like, you know, when you're when I was raised, you're always raised like if you buy a brand new car, the second you drive it off a lot, it drops in value. And it's just like that's not even true anymore. And like, <laughs> you know, imagine how many people said, oh, I'm just going to wait and get a, a PlayStation uh, or a PS5, you know, in a, in a year or two, maybe when the when they're more available and the price drops, yeah. it's like, um, well, two years later, they're still pretty much impossible to find, and you're gonna pay more. Mm. It's just, it's wild. But at the same time, like, you know, I work in insurance, and you know, inflation is affecting that. And I have to remind people, like, inflation will affect like every aspect of our lives. Like, you go to the grocery store, you you know, you get your car fixed, whatever it is. So like, it's not crazy to think that it would also affect our hobbies playstation you know um, video games or whatever um and you know i've seen people online comment about this and where they're like well you know nintendo's not doing this or microsoft's not doing this and you know i can't think of an example with microsoft i think it'll be interesting after this to see what they do but like nintendo yeah has like they haven't i don't see them raising it they might after Sony moved the first chip, but at the same time, like a Switch game, eight years down the line, you're going to pay the same prices like the day it came out. So, like, they do kind of similar things just in a different manner. But, mm-hmm. you know, while I do understand the factors that they mentioned in the article, it's like, come on, Sony, you can take the hit. You know right. what I mean? Like, you, you can take this hit. So I, I just don't think it's necessary. I also don't think it bodes well for the controller price we just talked about. I don't think it bodes well for how much PSVR 2 is. Mm. Um, I, after this, you ask me now, I'm probably going to raise how much I think it's going to cost. I mean, they just raised the games up to 70 bucks a piece. I mean, this is not a new trend, something new for Sony. Right. They've been doing it a lot, this, this uh, console cycle. So... Yeah, I mean, I guess we're just again another reason we're um, we have privilege in, uh, to be born and, and live in the states where this isn't actually going to affect us at least for now. Right. Um, well, but who know? Yeah, I'm sure there's listeners around the world who it is going to affect. Yeah, it's really a shame, uh, you know. But I, I don't know how you get around something like this. You know, I, I don't. And, and speaking of PlayStation availability, limit and limited consoles being sold, I had an email from GameStop. I still get emails from them. I, I don't shop there. I don't do anything there. But I like to have my ear to the ground and know what you know they're up to and what's going on. And uh, I got an email from them. My brother's been actively looking for a PS5 for a long time, and they were like, "We're going to be getting a new a new 
a supply of PS5s uh, on such, such and such date. If you're a pro rewards member, uh, they'll be made available to you first. And then the following day, they'll be if there are any remaining, they'll be made open to public. So I got a hold of my brother and I said, hey. And he goes, are you a pro rewards member? I was like, fuck, no, I'm not. And I'm like, this is on <laughs> you. Uh, you know, you need to follow up with the local GameStop and just see. So he called them. They had a digital PS5 there, but they wanted $650 for the digital version. And I was like, Seth, that's that's price gouging. And uh, he <laughs> told me he bought it, but what they forced him to do was buy the console for 400 bucks, but in order to sell it to him, he had to buy a $50 GameStop gift card to make it 450 and then he had to buy a $150 PSN online store gift card to bring it up to 600 So he was able to get the PS5 digital version for 400 bucks or something but then in order to buy it they said it's they they called it a uh, a bundle included with it were two gift cards that were mandatory to be included so GameStop pulled an extra 50 bucks out of their ass out of his ass rather for you know him buying it from them so they took advantage of having the console they made an extra 50 bucks on top of anything they would have made on the sale of the, of the unit and then um, PlayStation, and and I said, Seth, honestly, you know you're going to use both those gift cards, right? You didn't you didn't lose out technically at all. Thankfully, you had the money, and now you have your your PS5. And uh, who's going to buy a PS5 and not buy games for it? I said, 150 dollars store credit would be awesome. Just to ha- just open your PlayStation store and be like, oh, you having 50 dollars in there, like. You know, once it's bought and paid for, then like it's like, man, it'd be really tempting to buy a lot of shit, I think, you know. Uh, but so the interesting thing is, is as soon as he booted it up, he's like, oh, my God, he goes, it's not it's not making noises. He goes, it's so quiet, you know, because he was using a PS4 that was like really, really old. And it sounded like a jet. It was like, Wee! like when it was on, it was right. I go over to his house and he'd be playing Genshin Impact. And I'd be like, my God, dude, that thing's going to explode. Like I said, I have like the special security bit. I said, I can open that up and clean it out for you. Let me do that. And he goes, eh, I'm going to get a PS5 eventually. And I'm like, all right. A year later, I go back over. Just, I'm like, dude, are you sure you don't want me to clean this out? Nah. You know, he's like, they are really hard to find. I'm going to find one. You know, three months later, it's and, and like he said, he plugged on the PS5 and he couldn't, he couldn't hear it at all. He goes, this is amazing. So, yeah, good for him. I'm happy for him. But he did get kind of gouged. Yeah. He got he, – he didn't really though. You know what I mean? But like he got taken advantage of to a degree. Uh, but at the same time, would have I done what he did if I didn't have a PS5 at this point? Hell yeah, I would have. They're so hard to find. Right, which means – yeah, and, and that's why this price hike – is going to have absolutely no effect on sales. It's not going to affect it. All it's going to cause is like a few extra grunts. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to say. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right in that regard. And people are still going to buy this fucking thing, you know, because they're already paying hundreds of dollars more than what it's worth. Um, Right. We didn't even indicate what the price hike was. Do you, do you, I don't have it in front of me. Um, Um, Oh man, I wish it did. 
Well, while you're looking, look that it up. Varies a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Do you have it? Um, I didn't put a link in the notes here. I meant to. I do, but I, I found it on um, the PlayStation blog, but I don't think it has the old pricing, so I'm not sure how much it went up. By. Interesting. From what I recall, it wasn't like a crazy amount. It wasn't like, oh, now it's $150 more or anything. You know, I thought it was like it's not much like 50 from bucks what I or something, understand. right? Like it wasn't like crazy. If that, yeah. I think in some cases only like 20 or 25. Yeah. Well, it's I'm yeah. Trying to find it, but That's fine. And I was just going to say that was going to tack on to this news piece real quick is that there was a new model of the PS5 spotted in Australia. Um and most notably, it had a decrease in weight. Um, this is my guess, most likely due to a different heatsink included with it. Um, so I don't know. That heatsink is so heavy and huge. Um, so I don't know what that's all about. But apparently, there's another skew of the PS5 uh, surfacing here and there. Um, obviously, they're going to try to cut costs in making this thing, but still make it like legit. You know what I mean? So I don't know what's going to happen. With that, but yeah, Australia apparently someone had spotted one. If you can't find it, it's not a big deal, dude. Um, I can't, yeah, I can just find yeah. the original yeah, one. Don't worry about it. listeners, look it up if you're curious. It's you know, there's plenty of news articles out there about this stuff. Okay, so well, move, moving on, actually, I found, yeah, sorry, I found some. It says, um, um, in the UK, it's going up 6%. Mm-hmm. Um, the highest hike, which this is pretty noticeable, um, in Japan, it's going up 21%. Mm. That's a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. So. so, for instance, if you were paying, if you were paying 400 bucks for one, that would be another $84. So, yeah, that is... 20, 20 some percent is quite a bit. Um, next news point. This is interesting. Um, so we are, I'm sorry, I'm taking down the timestamp for our one YouTube follower. Mm. I'm kidding, I joke. Uh, Tokyo Game Show 2022 is going to feature a PSVR 2 on the showroom floor and it will feature Resident Evil Village. And uh, Tokyo Game Show 2022 is going to be taking place September 15th through September 18th. And uh, dude, Sign me fucking up, dude. I I am so <laughs> ready. Not only is it Resident Evil Village, but it's also the first hands-on for consumers to try out the PSVR 2. Um, the more I see those wacky controllers, the hand controllers, um, man, I uh, I want it. I want it. I think I want it. And, uh, you know, I... I don't know I, what it's going to cost, though. We still don't have a price on this thing. We know um, while we're talking about this, the PSVR 2, Sony indicated they're going to have an early 2023 release date for the system. So the two things we don't know about this, the dates we're going to release and how much. Same as the DualSense Edge. Same questions. How many are being made? How hard is it going to be to get? Um what games are going to release with it, right? I don't know. But sign me up, man. I want the PSVR 2. I'm ready for it. And uh, there hasn't been enough VR stuff going on. And and I think that they've probably made enough improvements to this 
especially with the 4K screen and the uh, the haptics and the one cord. Um, I've heard people argue that the cost of this might still hover around three hundred bucks. I think that is wishful thinking, but the but but the but the logic behind it is is that because it's tethered to the system, that a lot of the components that make like the valve and these other um, headsets so expensive is that uh, especially the wireless ones. You know what I mean? Is that they have to have all of the ingredients in the headset where if this is tethered it's pulling on the power of the ps5 so maybe the cost to produce them is less which is an interesting take um but i think again it's easier to to put something on sale or, or chop money off of something after six months to a year you know i bet you it's 400 bucks it at the cheapest i would guess that or more yeah Unfortunately, I mean, I could I could see it costing the same as the console, the five hundred. You know, Dude, I'm I still mean, all in. I hope not, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm still all. But yeah, I think in. it's just. I'm so excited know, just right? thinking about it right now. Uh, dude, I'm so hyped. And this is like, I mean, this is hands on stuff. So you know, we're literally a couple weeks away from getting, you know, a ton of YouTube reviews. It's like this is how this shit played out. Like this is what it feels like, you know, and just that's uh, gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, yeah. It's just gonna make me want it even more. <laughs> but all I gotta say is this is you know well enough now because you've used PSVR the first one, and I know well enough because I have a PSVR that no matter what you say about it, it's nothing like putting the headset on and experiencing it. And that goes that's true for any VR headset. So if the reviewers are like, oh, this is amazing. Because that was not the initial response to the first VR. It was like, oh, this is a nice headset. This works. We're impressed with what Sony's done. You know what I mean? Uh, the the and, and the big and the big winning point for the original PSVR was how the headset fit on your head and how comfortable it was compared to all the other units out at that time. Right. So they they won instantly again on comfort and ergonomics. Um, seems like they have a really good R and D team when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, the new controllers feel great. But no one came out of like looking at the PSVR and we're like, oh my God, you guys have to fucking do this. This is insane. I was like that because I'd never done VR. But I have mm-hmm. used other headsets and they're all comparable to the, the, the VR. But we're talking game journalists, people who make a livelihood out of this thing, about talking about video games. They're going to go out and they're going to try this thing. If the resounding response is this is the shit then you know you know it's the shit right if if it's like oh yeah this is this is uh comparable to this that or the other then it's like okay it's going to be a nice upgrade from what we currently have for PlayStation but maybe not all the bells and whistles that we're hoping right all all like the craziness of how cool it could be but set up alone you won't need a dongle from what I understand you don't need a camera um and uh the new controllers just look fucking rad. So if this thing, if the, if, if the, if like I'm saying, like if, if what these people are going to say in September, you're right. It's right around the corner. I can't wait to hear. I have read what I think are, uh, slightly 
biased opinions of it from developers who are working on games for the set saying like like oh man we can't wait for you guys to try this headset out it's awesome you know what i mean of course they're going to say <laughs> they're making a game for it but what will a critic say cuz we know they are the harshest and they're going to be critical cuz that's their job if they're excited dude it's more than enough for me you know but if it's mixed responses, then maybe I'm a little less excited. But I want VR in my household, so this is the only option for me. So I'm going to get it regardless. But uh, what's your opinion, man? Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think like um, – what do you think the response is going to be? Yeah, I agree with you. It's just like of course Sony's going to be like, hey, this is fucking awesome. Here's all the <laughs> cool shit. But it's just like, yeah, you want someone who's a critic to like get in there and, and kind of you know, give you that first taste of what it's going to be like. Now, like you said, you won't really know until you put it on, right? Until Fred puts it on or right. LJ or whatever, Jake puts it on. Um, but uh, you know, this is about as close as you can get. And so – and it's just like – we really don't know that much about it, I feel like. So I think this is going to be, yeah, just eye-opening. And I, I hope there's video of people using it. I want to see what they, you know, are they actually having a good time? What what do the controls play like? All that stuff. Um, I'm yeah, I'm like falling out. over. Yeah right. yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Someone actually dies. They put the headset on. They're too scared. Plain village. Die of a heart attack. <laughs> oh, shit. You know. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting, man. And uh, well, you were you were like, well, ob- well obviously they're going to say, you know, that, that their thing is fucking awesome. Wouldn't it be so funny if their PR was like, well, ah, we made this thing. We're not really sure if it's that good. But, um, you know, we'd like for you to buy it and try it out. You know, we think it's something, but we're not sure. Like, what if that was like your promotion yeah. for your product? I, I feel like that's how right. I am when I'm on stage. Like, ah, I wrote this new song. I'm not really just trying it out here today. Hope you guys dig it, you know? And then I should be like, I wrote the best fucking song you ever hear. Here it is. Just, you need that bravado, that confidence, right? When you're trying to sell something. For sure. Yeah, you got to, you got to won that guy over. You got to get hype, dude. You got to get people stoked. But, uh, mm-hmm. dude, I'm already stoked, and Sony hasn't even said much shit about it to begin with, so I'm excited, man. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what people are going to say about this. Hopefully it's not bad. I can't imagine it's going to be bad. It might just be average, right? It might be like, yeah, this is kind of what we expected, you know, but I hope – I need someone to write one of those Civil War love letters about it <laughs> yeah. talk like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> it was yeah. on the eve. No, I'm, I'm pumped. The 18th of September, 23, 22. I woke up to a with a dreary from a dreary dream and uh, <laughs> attended the TGS show. Yeah, I I would love to hear some sort of like poetic letter like that. Would be so good. When people wrote reviews yeah. like that, um, exactly. It'd be wild. Dude, I think we're on to something. What what if that's our our approach, right? Like uh, old Civil War letters, but we're reviewing games. There's a very niche audience that would love that shit. <laughs> So I live in Indianapolis now, and uh, one of the Colts quarterbacks, um, Andrew Luck, someone made um, a Twitter account, and it was like Colonel Andrew Luck. And every week, you know, whoever was running this Twitter account would write about the game or whatever the news related to the Colts, but they'd write it like it was some old, like, you know, 1812 war letter and it, shit was hilarious that's so good dude this is so good when i uh, where i work um which i'm not going to talk about where i work but 
I, I, I had a, a friend, I have a friend who works there and every once in a while I would like assign him an assignment and it would be like, uh, you know, um, it's now the, the 16th hour of the day on blah, 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 blah. I would mess with him, you know, as his boss. And I'd be like, unfortunately, this assignment has uh, fallen upon you to address in a time of need, you know, and I would just put this out to him. And I probably took more time to write that letter than it would take for him just to get the assignment and do it. But that's all about building morale in my unit. So uh, it's so funny. He loved that. He loves that shit. Um, He's not in my unit anymore, but um, he got transferred out to something else. But anyways, hey, let's move forward. One more news point. We're going to get into the current games that that have come out or coming out this week. Um, This one isn't like a super crazy story. This is just a news point that I wanted to talk about. The Dark Pictures Anthology. I've played them all. Um, uh, And uh, I've enjoyed them. This is super massive games, little project. They're the same ones who did The Quarry. Uh, they the the fourth installment of the Dark Pictures anthology. Um, I forget what it's called. Oh, the Devil and Me uh, is going to be released now, November eighteenth, which is uh, just coming up by the end of the year. And uh, in order of my favorites, I will say the weird thing about this is is it seems like they're getting better with each release. So I I did like the mental math. Which ones do I enjoy the most out of these ones? Um, my the one I enjoyed the least was the first one that was released, Man and Medan. Um, after I mean I liked it when I played it, but then when I played the second one, Little Hope, I liked that a little more. And then when I played House of Ashes, I liked that a little more. So like they're on a nice trajectory. And I don't know if the r- critics or reviewers w- would say the same. I think the Quarry did relatively as expected. It wasn't like a smash success, but it also didn't bomb. Um, you know they're 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 good. They found a nice little little. I don't know, a little spot in the gaming world to make these types of games. But uh, The Devil in Me looks really cool. That's coming out November 18th, 2022. LJ, if I remember correctly, you're not really into horror games. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. I downloaded the one that was free a couple months ago. Um, Man of Medan, I think. I mean, I'm interested to try them um, because you you know kind of hyped them up, but uh, no, I haven't tried them yet. Yeah, they're not super scary. Uh, they're good, though. I, I like I like them. So, anyways, just a little something for the listeners. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, let's get into new games here. So we have quite a few games being released. There is something that you and I didn't talk about, and we'll we'll jump back to it. And that's the Last of Us um, remake. Some of the extra stuff that has been talked about that, that game's going to feature. But new games this week, uh, August thirtieth. This is already. Uh, this is already out by the time you hit this release today. They were recording. Commandos 3 HD remaster on PS4. Destroy All Humans 2 reprobed, which is a remake, I believe. PS5, PS4. Dusk a Diver 2 on PS5, PS4. F1 Manager 2022 on PS5, PS4. Inscription on PS5, PS4. TMNT, the Cowabunga Collection came out today. PS5, PS4. Tiny Kin on PS5, PS4. Coming out on Wednesday, August 31st. Fantasy Star Online 2. PS4, and then coming out on Thursday, September 1st, Chenzo Club, PS4, and the Mysteries of Ranko Tagawa, Murder on the Marine Express on PS5, PS4, and then Friday, September 2nd, big day for game releases because we're going to get JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R on PS5, Lego Brawls on PS5, PS4, Made in Abyss, Binary Star, Falling into Darkness, PS4, what a fucking name, and then uh, The Last of Us Part 1 on PS5. Two things about that. The one thing that Jake said seems to be the case. Uh, the game used to be called The Last of Us. 
They've made it two, and they called it The Last of Us Part Two, And it probably drove somebody nuts at Naughty Dog that they didn't have The Last of Us Part One, right? So this is now officially The Last of Us Part One. So they're calling it like the, the way to play this game. Um, they've shown some more video clips as we get closer and closer. I believe the embargo on this game is not lifting until tomorrow maybe so the reviewers who have it um, aren't permitted to even talk about it until tomorrow which is a little cause for concern unless there are spoilers or something in it that Naughty Dog is going to surprise us with but then I was thinking if they were going to surprise us with something that would possibly get me to want to buy it they would have advertised that so I don't think we're going to get anything outside of what they've already talked about um, I will say that I do do think that the game looks smoother, it runs better based on what I've seen. The accessibility options are just amazing. It's they, They've overhauled all of them so that they, they match, if not exceed, The Last of Us Part Two accessibility options. Um, outside of that, man, I mean, you are getting the, uh, the DLC that came with The Last of Us. Uh, I forget what that was even called at this point. Um, I don't know. But it's a, it's a fantastic game. And it seems to be – it's going to reinstill, I think, some interest in the franchise just before the HBO series releases next year. Um, we did get a trailer for the HBO series, um, teaser trailer. We didn't really talk about that. Um, lay it on me, LJ. What do you what do you think about all of this with The Last of Us? I mean, Jake freaking nailed it when he said they did that to rename it. I, I think there is actually something to that for sure. Um, I mean, I'm hyped. I mean, actually, The Last of Us was one of the first games I played when I got my PS5. In fact, you helped me through one of the part um, through game sharing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Am I going to go out and get this for 70 bucks? Uh, no, but if it goes on sale down the line, absolutely. Um, I've only played through it one time. So I would definitely play through it again. Um, so yeah, for me it's kind of a kind of a mixed bag. But again, they did put a lot of time into it. It does look great. I think some of the gameplay stuff. It's just like you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's just like, is that was that really the best use of resources? Like you know, these past few years. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What about you? You know, the more I think about it, I think right now I'm a little hurt about it because I would like to think Naughty Dog like you said, would have been working on something else. And I think they are, you know, they just don't have their entire staff working on something. When this game finally, it's cold, it's getting released. I hope to God they don't have to keep working on this to patch stuff. I hope they don't have to keep pulling people aside to like, oh, they found another error, they found a glitch. It's unlike Naughty Dog to have to service their games in that manner. Usually everything they release it's picked over. It's clean. It's a. It's why they're naughty dog, right? They, they're elite. They are 100% elite at this. Um, they're next level. So hopefully it doesn't, you know, once this is out, they can continue to work on or pull their forces back into the new project they're working on, which is probably factions. You know, we know that they're working on that, but hopefully they can bring some people into that to speed up the uh, development of that game. Um, right now in the moment, I think... You know, I'm looking at it as, man, I'm really kind of bummed that this happened. But in five years from now, when we have factions and I can play it or I have the latest Naughty Dog game 
and this is just part becomes part of their catalog. Last of Us Part One on PS Five. I think I'll look back at it and be like, I am kind of happy they did this, you know. But right now, it's kind of hard to pull myself out of the present tense. Um, but I think when all is said and done, I don't think it was a bad idea because The Last of Us, we'll call it Last of Us Part One. Last of Us Part One was one of the best games I had ever played. And that's saying a lot. And uh, I don't think it warranted. I don't think it needed a remake. But it sure as hell isn't going to need a remake in five years now. You know, it's not going to need one in ten years. This is it. This is the version, right? So whatever they're moving on now, no one can now say, you need to go back and remake The Last of Us. They've done it. It's done. You have it. They're ahead of the curve. You get your game. You get it remade. Now let's move on to, like, what's next. You know what I mean? So I think in, I think – when I have hindsight and I can look back at this, I'm I'm grateful that this happened. But right now, I'm just kind of annoyed by it. <laughs> I don't know. That's my take. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, good enough. That's man. fair. Yeah, that's where I'm at. But I probably won't buy it. Uh, you know, there's a guy I work with who's like, I'm not buying that for seventy dollars. Same game. They didn't do anything different. And he and he told me he has a pre order. So I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't resist. You get new trophies. Like he's a trophy hunter. So, anyways, dude. Like I said, I'll buy it at some point, but not for seven. Yeah, bucks. that that's the boat I'm in as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. dude, it's been a good podcast, and I really appreciate you joining me today, LJ. Um, this is number two in the bag for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget what number of pocket. It was two hundred and what thirty eight. We're nearing two fifty. It'll be a while before we get two fifty, but we're getting there, and. uh Maybe what we'll do is uh, we'll try to plan a special episode. We'll get you and Jake, you know, on a podcast together. Maybe bring in Jake's brother, Josh. He's been on the podcast once with us, maybe twice. I'll get some people. And, uh, you know, another thing that I thought about doing and uh, um, just just out of, out of uh, respect for the patrons, if anyone is interested in uh, offering some commentary uh, and you're interested – um, let us know and Jake and I can work it out. Maybe, maybe you can join us on a show. You know what I mean? If there's a specific topic that you want to, if you're a patron, this isn't, this isn't an invite to everybody. You got to be a patron for this. Um, and you have an okay, uh, you know, I, I would ask that you are, are able to, you know, have some sort of video like LJ and, and, uh, some way that you can talk to us over discord. But, um, you know, if, if, uh, you want to be a part of the show, um, even for maybe even a segment or something, just to talk about something, a game, a game that maybe is coming out, or if you want to offer something and want to join Jake and I, maybe I'll maybe I'll talk with him about this. Obviously, I'll talk with him about this before we put it out there. But if you're interested in maybe being a guest host like LJ is, uh, and uh, LJ, you're more than welcome to come back on whenever. Obviously, I've told you this before. You did a hell of a job today. I appreciate it. Um, but uh, I just start thinking that we have this really cool platform, Jake and I, that we've created, and uh, it's not. It's not like we're a huge podcast, but uh, you know uh, we're building the community, man. And uh, I'm so excited to have you part of it. And uh, I know we have other patrons on there. We just Sean just joined. I think uh, my, my cousin Jeff is involved. We, Harold's involved. We've got we've got a bunch of different people. Um, Clint Clint is a patron. We have patrons, and it's awesome. So uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you want to be a, more of a part of this community, uh, the way to do it is through Patreon. A uh, dollar a month and uh, Feel free to comment on the the posts I put up on Patreon. 
um, on the episodes. I try to get back to everybody uh, because there's so few of you. Usually it's not a challenge for me to write you back. Um, but I do like the idea of recording um, intelligent or unintelligent conversations with uh, our listeners. You know what I mean? And uh, if, if you are not camera shy or not weird about uh, being heard on the podcast uh, and strictly just talking video games because that's what we do um, – you know, it would be cool to maybe uh, meet some of our other patrons and introduce you guys to, uh, to on the show. So um, just a thought. But LJ, I, I really do appreciate you as always. And uh, I think that um, as of right now, if uh, I can't make it or Jake can't make it, I think you're the go-to guy right now. So uh, I appreciate that. And uh, you uh, can take that however you want, but we do appreciate you. And, uh, you know, you're a, you're a good co-host and uh, you're always polite and, uh, yeah, man, I think the listeners liked you last time you were on, and I'm sure they'll appreciate you. Um, without you, this podcast would not have happened this week. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on again. Um, this podcast is honestly a big reason I got back into gaming. So just appreciate you, Jake, um, and all the work that you two do. And, um, yeah, just sharing your thoughts. I mean, it's just super interesting to listen to. I think you folks are um, – yeah, think about things from a unique perspective. You're funny. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, again, thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, if you're not a patron, it's a freaking dollar a month. <laughs> um, just try it. Just do it for a few months. I mean, just sign up and, and you know, you can always back out. But, uh, yeah, support these guys are doing a great thing here. And um, get a cool-ass sticker, which I actually put up. I was a sticker hoarder, but it's 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 uh in my living room on the side of my nice shelf, yeah so. it, my camera's not gonna yeah. focus very well on it but there it is it's gonna look backwards in the video because i have my screen inverted but that's essentially our sticker it's like our logo so yeah man uh thanks for saying that and uh as always you know um i've got one last thing to uh, ask and uh that is a uh, show me who you are <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah, like Sea of Stars, Shadowrun Trilogy, and Skate. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.